Hey, this is Dirk Revueren from Megadeth, and you're listening to GhostCultMag.com. Welcome back to the Ghost Club Magazine Podcast. I'm your host, OJ. In this episode, it's the Stephen Keefe Power Hour. It's back, because it's April. Come on in and listen to these two Peckerwoods wax poetic about music. And by the way, are you subscribed to Ghost Cult? Make sure you give us a follow on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, really. We're still there, too. And uh, whoever else, YouTube, we're everywhere, guys. All at ghostcultmag.com. We're just Ghost Cult Mag everywhere. You'll find us. So let's get these numbers up so we can take over the world. <laughs> Peace. Welcome back to another Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. Yeah, I, you know what? Uh, it's all good. We just uh, it's always an adventure. The Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. Once again, it's the Stephen Keefe Power Hour, our monthly rundown of the best music you might have missed last month and a forecast of new rock and metal albums coming out. In April, I can't believe it's already April. Steve, how are you? Very, very good, mate. I have a week off coming up next week. Uh, going down near to the, uh, I can never remember, east coast of, uh, of the UK. Just chilling out with uh, extended family, some tunes, um, and not having to think about anything. I suppose other than just uh, some good music and, and some good people to be with. So that for me is, uh, is, is a positive. Yeah, so I'm feeling good, quite energised. How about yourself? You're right. I'm good. I'm solid. Uh, it's been an exhausting couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, I went to something like uh, two festival dates, five concerts in eight days. I'm spent. I think the British say knackered. Is that it? I'm knackered. Yeah. And uh, I, I have been trying to sleep better. Uh, work is good. Ghost cult is good. Life is good. No, no complaints. The metal festival was wonderful. Powerwolf surprised me how good they are live compared to the fact that I did not relate to their albums much, but they are really fantastic live. And I, I will go on a bold prediction and say that Powerwolf could be the next ghost. The fans were going bonkers. They were absolutely enraptured by this band who put on like an Iron Maiden worthy show in a theater, a small theater. So really great. I think yeah, it's been a while since I saw Powell, but I remember going um with with Matt Davies um actually a few years back and see him uh similar they're playing like a probably about a thousand cap venue and they've got the full iron crosses, pyro, full makeup, full full stage show, absolutely bought it as well. Um really, really, really solid live band. And actually I haven't got them down to talk about, but they've got a a bit of an interlude album out, I think, in a week or so's time. Um, some covers, some B-sides, some new tracks and things like that, I think. A bit of a, a mishmash of stuff for them. So, but I think things fair point, makes sense around the bands that do the theatrics seem to be able to have that opportunity to pull from a few more people along with them. And uh, it's been a while since Ghost jumped up from uh, to you know, your, your arena sizes, so maybe, maybe they're next. We're we're due for someone else, and I I would be remiss to mention as as part of this show as a forecast. There's a strong rumor there's going to be a new Ghost record or EP, a new Ghost EP. Uh, They're going to announce a new Papa or an old Papa coming back, so they might release some covers or something that they have worked on. Slipknot imminently might release their long forgotten lost record, Lost not really lost but it is from 15 years ago when they recorded it so that is you know it is you know quite a long time to have something actually freed they are officially off of (laughs) off of roadrunner as we record this 
for the first time since 1998. Yeah. And um, so they might just drop a record. And then I think also there's a rumor that Foo Fighters are going to drop some new music, a single or a something, as they announce their new drumming arrangement. It's uh, all the hot rumors. Nobody listens to this podcast for the hot rumor mill. That's my weekly show. But I will say that it's worth talking about because if these things pop up, we'll have to at least pay some attention to them. Yeah, and I think on that, there's, there's been a few few sniffings around that there may be a, an I Maiden record that's recorded already um, as a follow-up. I know they've been talking around it all disappeared for about a month and they took to France a little while ago. Um, but So we've got, got, got that coming up in July, I think, the Legacy of the Beast, uh, whatever it's called now, where they're doing the Summer in Time mixed with Senjutsu tour. And it wouldn't surprise if very shortly after there was some, some announcements, but who knows? So they they have a they formed for this. I think yes, and Jutsu was one where no one saw that particularly coming. And then no, no, we did this ages ago. It's just the whole record. Here you go. I so love, uh, yeah. I loved it too. I loved it too. Yeah. Uh, except for except for my constant crying about my uh, damaged vinyl twice. Uh, I bought the tri- I bought the triple I bought the triple vinyl twice. I I, I got I got it. I bought it as a present to myself. And then it came damaged. I sent it back. They sent me another one, also damaged. So I was like, I give up. The records uh, themselves are fine. Just the uh, sleeve is beat up. Anyway, what are you going to do? Um, March, we had talked about this last month, how insane March was with releases. <laughs> and I think this is going to be the clip until June. Um, there were tons of very heavy weeks especially the middle of the yeah. month there where there were a ton of releases, even stuff that we don't cover. There were just in general, the, the whole industry, I think there was a really good, this is not for us to solve today, but would be a fun topic for the future. I saw an interesting post that was like um, an independent journalist asked the question, like, is the music industry going to address the fact that the volume of music is so much right now singles get overlooked by major bands. So what does an independent band do with to how do they cut through? And this is again, not for us to solve, but I think a fun thing to think about, like how do we, how do we as journalists, how do we as reviewers, it's hard to pick and choose what gets covered and what doesn't invariably. No, exactly. And I was thinking around, um, we look at dates that come up. So it seems to be, April seems to be a little bit quieter. Uh, I don't, even, don't know why that is, because you'd actually think if bands heading out for festivals in June, July, August, now would be a great time to drop. Maybe everyone's running scared of clashing with Metallica, um, other than Overkill, who've done the usual fuck you, they go on the same day. Um, but it does seem to be there's a slight dip down, but then 5th of May is the busiest week I think I've ever seen uh, in 10 years of working you know, with yourself from Ghost Cult. I think it's probably about 50 releases on the 5th of May that we could we could conceivably cover, let alone kind of, um, like you say, the stuff that sits outside of our, our world. So, yeah, it's kind of, um, it's, it's odd. It's, and I know we mentioned last time, it seems to be every other week um, is, is a real big push, a real, you know, like quiet week, big week, quiet week, big week. And there's got to be something planned in that because, what, what you know, some of it's going to be around Bandcamp. I get that. So 5th of May is your Bandcamp Friday. So, you know, um, that sort of ties in there. And it's a bank holiday in the UK. So maybe you're getting something, something around that being chosen as a date. That it 12th isn't so busy, then seven, you know, the week after is 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 stacked again. So it's you're right, it's weird. And it can't help it can't help yeah, everyone. But I do think the interesting bit 
and maybe I'm being echo chambered on Twitter a little bit because I've muted a lot of stuff on Twitter these days. Um, but it does it does seem to perhaps level the playing field a little bit. Whereas um, I'm spoiling ahead, jumping ahead to talking about March. A couple of days ago, uh, All Father released their record and had as much coverage and noise on a self-released DIY album as Very Tomorrow, as Ohms that had on, on big labels and the bigger labels that were, you know, had some, some push behind them. So it's it's an interesting, you know, Rotten Sound was out the same day and didn't really hear much of a peep around that, despite being a, you know, a strong record. And it, you, you can get that kind of, Bit, but it is it does seem to be three or four albums like each week get the noise and the and the conversation and then the other 26 plus 30 plus don't so yeah so it's, it's interesting but yeah how you solve it i don't know get rid of release days and fridays which is i know we've only come for that over the last few years but right we have um Bandcamp friday is back the first one we had a couple uh you leave april may june all have a Bandcamp Friday off for the summer, and then September, October, November. Of course, we have Record Store Day in April globally. Uh, we don't typically cover those things because it's usually a lot of lives and special releases, but we will do some news on those. I try to work in some news items. There's a lot of cool stuff coming out. I get sent some of that stuff just as a gratis, which I greatly appreciate. I've been getting sent a lot of records Um I've been trying to watch my budget, but uh, people yeah. are sending people are sending me records. I did go to the Doom Fest and buy some records, and I and then uh, Fat Records had a pop up event. They have a San Francisco store that's open like two hours one day every four months. So I finally got to go to one. I'll post a little video of it later, and I picked a very dirt cheap, like ten dollars for a Rise Against record. You know, you're not going to get that anywhere. Uh, except at their warehouse sale. So uh, I'm a big fan of anything that drives people into the store to buy physical records and CDs and tapes, I guess. And um, and I also, I want to give a shout out to a label. There's no quid pro quo here, but when people send me stuff, I'm just very thankful. So Salt of the Earth Records from Connecticut that has a lot of Stoner Doom and Sludge and a few other modern metal bands, see, they sent me a giant box of stuff. I'm actually yeah. going to do, I'm probably going to do a contest. So this will be a plug for our contest. I'm going to do a contest to give away the extras because he sent me like doubles of things. And I think I'll do some prize packages and bundle them up and send them out. Um, that's real cool. Uh, you know, any anybody that wants to send us some records, I'm always very thankful and appreciative. <laughs> They're expensive. I love buying music. I do try to support as many bands as possible as I can on Bandcamp in general. But uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, let's dive let's dive into the recap of March. Uh, since you just mentioned All Father, I will also say I love the All Father record. Great job in general. Years in the making, years of just grinding and getting everybody primed for this thing. They did a marvelous job. The perfect self guided PR, their own PR, handling it themselves, promoting it properly. Uh, no no notes for a DIY band. But if you want to then take the baton for me and just jam on your March, let's hear it. That's your March cool. recap. So I think, yeah, last time we, we, we realized we were probably talking about far too many albums um, in this. To, and so we want to focus, thin down to the, the kind of the select few and looking to run it sort of like week by week. But what I will say is March was a five week, uh, five week month. Uh, so you get 
several from me, as is always the way, because I always chuck in a couple of bonus ones as we go through. But um, so what? Yeah. So I think the, the month started. So what I would say for me, um, and we've spoken before a couple of years back. I was very much went through a, a death metal phase, and I think death metal was really kind of one of the trends um, of probably around 2021. Um, really strong year in particular. For me, this year seems to be, and maybe it's my taste, or maybe it's just a really strong market in the, the black metal world, but there, there seems to be a whole host of black and um, black adjacent post black black metal stuff that's really, really working for me. Um, and March was was maybe because it's the last month of winter, even though everyone thinks it's spring, it's not. Um, but it's kind of um, it's just a really strong, particularly in the UK, it's just been, I'm going to use some slang. So I've been. Um, Exchanging emails with Nikki, uh, Nikki Law, and we've been teaching some English slang. So the weather in England this month has been minging. Um, so it's been perfect for some blackened metal. Um, but so yeah, started the, the month off, started the first week of March with, um, we, we mentioned it briefly last time around with the Necro Panther album um, called Betrayal, self-released. Uh, prime dose of like classic um, early sort of skeleton witch, black and thrash, just uh, with the ladles of heavy metal you know proper kind of uh, traditional heavy metal in there um and a really you know really enjoyable really strong album great album for a couple of beers and some uh, fifa um that sort of that sort of night you know when you kind of put the stereo on loud and you're, you're just sort of letting rip with the uh, the blackened heavy metal thrash stuff uh, so that was yeah the first early part of march that was that was a regular for me um coming into the 10th of march we talked again we sort of previewed uh, picked this one out as one to watch, band called, and a complete opposite end of the scale, so a bit more kind of sensible, um, I suppose, a bit less pink thrash. Uh, a band called Resin, R-E-Z-N, um, and another self-released record um, called Solace. I made um, our writer Tom Osman cover this, and he did a really good job talking about, because I find it quite a difficult band to describe, um, because it's kind of long... Um, almost like a trance-inducing kind of ethereal psych stoner-ish, but not stonery um, kind of kind of stuff. But I think what really works for me is a lot of those bands then have a harsher vocal, but Resin have a, have a really cool, clean, um, clean voice that they don't overuse at all. So they're quite happy to have six minutes of music and then the vocal comes in or you have big passages of the album where it's mainly instrumental. Um, and that's when I found, found to be pretty, I don't know, it sort of works for me like when I'm, if, you, if you're, engrossed in working, like working through the inbox or spreadsheet, you're boring, have many stuff. Um, that's a really good accompaniment um, for me. So that's about the only non-blackened album I think I'm talking about or recommending this month because middle of the month, 17th of March, uh, Downfall of Gaia was uh, was huge. Really, really enjoyed that um, that week. They've, they've kind of, um, you know, throughout their, their career, they've had some albums that are more straight up black metal, some albums that are more experimental, some that are more post-metal. Um, and this one sort of seems to pull all that together. It's probably a bit more, I don't know, punky black metal than some of their, their other ones, uh, a bit more, a bit less, sorry, of the um, Neurosis, Isis vibe that they've had in some of their some of their releases. But I think it's better for it. It's kind of got more sharper focus, a bit more bite, a bit more angry to it. Um, and, but I found that a really... Um, really sort of powerful and enjoyable listen um, if those two things can be aligned um, and work for what is quite a serious and angry album it's also quite enjoyable at the same time um, because I managed to find a way to weave in kind of the reflective melodic bits in with the along with the um, kind of the the harsher kind of you know sort of pounding faster bits uh, but I think the dynamics of the album are really strong um, and I think they're uh, 
they've, they've released an album there. Um, Silhouettes have discussed a metal blade that a lot of people will be able to relate to, pick up on, even if black metal or post metal isn't your thing. I think there's something in the Downfall of Guy album for most people. Um, but following on the week after, I think the probably the most straight up pure black metal album uh, or larger black metal album of the month for me was the Lamp of Murmur album, um, Saturnian Bloodstorm, which is cool. It just kind of brings together all the kind of the second wave uh, black metal um, sort of stuff in a really, just a really enjoyable package. So it sort of probably leans more on mayhem than some of the other um, forefathers, for want of a better phrase, um, of that scene. Um, but there's a little bonus extra. I did want to mention the Isan EP that came out that weekend. Um, I think that's a Three tracks, three really, really good, interesting songs. Um, guest vocalists galore on those three tracks, but I think that worked, that worked really well. And then, yeah, round enough of the month for me, um, just out, just the uh, 31st of March is All Father. So I'm a little bit biased. I've known um, mainly through online, but I've known Tom, the vocalist, for, I think even before All Father started, um, to be fair, and seeing how they progressed from being a, I guess, you know, a, a decent, a good uh, DIY band playing sort of sludge mix of hardcore with a bit of metal in it uh, for their first couple of albums to see how they pulled it together for this this third record, Violent Truth. Um, they, they partnered with Trepanation, who I think dealing with some of the physicals side of it, but it's, it's essentially a DIY release and Trepanation's pretty DIY um, label in themselves anyway. But the album is just fantastic. It's a real step up. I mean, I, I put a tweet out saying this should be on a relapse or a you know, monarch heavy or um labels of that that you know I think um it's hard to see what they've done wrong, which I don't think they have. I just think it's probably been a bit of a, a bad luck, a bit of oversight, but they've got a, a really strong social media uh, approach. They're just really authentic now themselves. They talk about the bands they love on there, what they're doing, their dogs, their kind of, you know, um their lives, but in a, in a really open, inclusive way. They're just constantly sharing, calling out, shouting out other bands in a good way, um, promoting the things they love. And their music has has gone, has just gone up a whole level, a whole notch this time around. Um, so I said, yeah, it sits in that sludgy, hardcore metal um, kind of space. It's probably not, I think, described one of the tracks before as Wolverine Blues, if covered by Mastodon. Um, and I think that's the kind of the vibe you, you, you get from it. It's angry. Um, they're, they're very left wing, in a, but in a music in a positive way to call call things out, but not to kind of um, unnecessarily. I don't think there's you know, there, there's that approach for them. I think it's more around they're they're proud of their politics and proud of who they are, um, and they align their lyrics to that. But they're not overly preachy. Uh, they're not overly kind of um, cancel culture, you know, obsessed with that sort of thing. But the whole thing ties into a perfect package. Um, and I think this time around, all of the pieces work. The production's excellent as well. So, you know, big, big fan of All Father. And if it wasn't for this next album I'm going to finish on, that would be my clear album of the month for March. However, I know you've noticed, I've skipped over at the start of the month a, uh, a Scandinavian band that we may have all heard of by the name of Enslaved, um, who released, I think it's their 17th, I might have that number wrong, um, 17th album, 16th, 17th, something like that, on Nuclear Blast, Heimdall, um, at the start of the month. And, uh, I've not stopped playing it, to be fair. Um, I've been been into, say, just depending on your age, as we all have since since the nineties. Uh, so it's been you know, a thirty year career they've they've got, and they've um, 
yet to release a bad album. There's a couple of albums that I listen to less than others, but this is straight up there with my, my favourite enslaved albums up there with kind of Below the Lights, Frost, uh, and Eld. It's just kind of, um, it, it's this brilliantly blackened, progressive, uh, prog kind of um, metal. Then I'm going to say, yeah, masterpiece. I think they've just pulled together all the elements they've had before. Um, they're not afraid to kind of, um, do some do some things a little bit differently. I mean, each album they've done has always been slightly different, always been new elements to it. But you ever have, have a song? Um, I'm really bad with song titles. Forest song, forest something, forest spirit. I can't remember what it's called. But it's not your traditional enslaved song. It's a bit kind of catchier, a bit a bit hookier for want of a better phrase. And they have that. But they also have the raging black metal. They have the progressive bits. They have the clean vocals, harsh vocals, and they just pull together this awesome kind of um, seven songs of. Uh, excellent black and progressive metal so that has been my march effectively those albums i've talked about have been so good although i've listened to loads of others they they sort of dominated and those are the ones that i want to share my love <laughs> with everyone so <laughs> well well we appreciate we appreciate you sharing your love i also just spoiler alert enslave one all father one a or one b uh for me for march I just as a course of matter before I call up my list and run through some other albums for March, when I know I have a band that is one of my favorites that's putting out a record, I really try to listen to everything else first and then go to the my go to my favorite because I know I'm going to love it. Probably as a fan, I have some inherent bias. Enslaved is one of my favorite bands ever. Uh, Ivar Burenson is one of my favorite artists of all time. I'm totally a fanboy. I fanboyed out when I met him and interviewed with him. I met him other times and he was very nice and nice about Ghost Cult. So I have like a little bit of like, you know, the girl with the curl. Um, All Father, No Notes again. And if they, I know they just put this new record out. If their next record comes out in two or three years and a small-ish label with good distro doesn't at least pick them up, everyone has screwed up their life. But uh, that's my opinion. And uh, yeah, The Enslaved is incredible. I expect nothing less. They're coming on tour here. I'm going to go for sure. And um, yeah, that's that's that. Where are my notes now? Because I can't remember. Ah. I can't keep anything straight <laughs> without my cheat sheet that I, of course, I think I closed. Um, one second here. This always makes for a terrible segue when I'm not prepared. Right. Good times. So oh, here. You, while you're doing that, I'll do a bit of padding and just let people people know. So you, years back when Ghost Cult used to be a digital mag, we did used to run an album of the month um, and kind of call out um, yeah our favourites, so all the albums that kind of really landed. So we're taking the opportunity as we have a captive audience and no one can stop us from doing it unless Omar kicks off in the background before next month's go. We're reintroducing the album of the month. Um, so at the moment, the plan is myself and Keith will, will figure out between ourselves live on air although this is recorded not live um what it's going to be but you never know we might figure a way to involve the rest of the team um in picking it for future future ones but so i thought we'd uh kick off with enslaved for that one Sorry. yeah i know i told i completely agree and then in addition so yeah enslaved absolutely for the album of the month all father would be very worthy and then a third for me would be acid king acid king is a band i have followed their entire career. I love Stoner Doom. I had said earlier in the year that the year started off very strong for death and black metal, but now there's been a surge of these Stoner Doom metal records and psychedelic rock records. You mentioned Resin. There are many to come, 
But Acid King is also going to definitely factor into my end of year list rankings. It's early to talk about that, but it's such a great record. I love this band so much. I know, you know, they just have legend status and I'm excited to see what they do in terms of touring and festivals. They are local to me here in the Bay Area. Um, other, you mentioned Lamp of Murmur, also co-signed that one. Other records that really hit it for me early in March, of course, Black 29, which is the band led by Steve Zing, best known for his time in Sawain and currently in Danzig. He's also been in a touring version of the Misfits um, when they didn't have all the brothers back. And I interviewed Steve, which you can check out on YouTube. A wonderful chat. Really great guy. Really multifaceted, multi-instrumentalist. And Black 29 kind of straddles this kind of horror punk, goth rock, and heavy metal in a beautiful way. So I really love that record. Uh, Sermon, which is kind of like the new, the next uh, Sleep Token, the next band with the masks. But they're much more than that. They're definitely not a they're very original, fantastic record. Great publicity campaign. Also, speaking of breaking the law and uh, PR and um, yeah, Sermon, fantastic record. And also, I just want to if you love your traditional heavy metal, you got to shout out Gatekeeper because yes. uh, I, I know there was a, a shout out to Morgan Y. Evans, who wrote that review and has joined Ghost Cult since the start of the year. and. Um, fantastic line about gatekeeping is a ter- is not a good thing in the, in general but like gatekeeper as a traditional heavy metal band what a fantastic image conjuring name and their music is just just sublime fantastic heavy metal like i know you're a big fan we always talk about visigoth i get visigoth got vibes from gatekeeper and that i haven't gotten in a long time so that's kind of a quick run through of my march and um Again, just a fantastic, fantastic month of music. Yeah, and I think I know we I think we touched upon it before, but I was a little concerned with um, potential for Gatekeeper because change of vocalist, um, so they shared a vocalist with with Traveller, quite distinctive, quite a, a strong one. But you know, um, the the lineup changes really kind of reinvigorated and um, a seamless seamless transition to move on. So I was really really pleased because I. Probably like a lot of us, my default will often always be traditional heavy metal. That was where I grew up with going to Iron Maiden. This was the first, the first band for me. And then, you know, you, you pick up from there. But as much as I like traditional heavy metal, and there's quite a lot of it around, most of it's okay, decent, decent to, you know, decent to good. But there's very few bands that do it that do it really well. And I think Gatekeeper now, two albums, you know, um, Easter Sun, uh, the the new one, um, Western Shores, plus the EP, Grey Maiden EP in between. They're, they're setting themselves up quite nicely. So, yeah, very happy with where they're at. So. Lovely. So, yeah, you you want to take us through April, my friend, and start off with uh, yeah. what we're looking forward to this month. I cannot believe the yeah. first quarter of the year is gone. It's crazy. Oh, no. I can't believe it. No, I, I think it's, it's just a little behind the behind the fourth wall bit. So we're already um, planning the, the reviews we'll be covering up into the end of the month. Um, so it's putting everything in place for the reviews up to the yeah, 28th of April um, now. And that just seems seems crazy. It doesn't seem like yesterday we were doing the end of the year show for last year, let alone the fact that we've done, yeah, finished the first quarter. We've now already assigned the reviews for the first month of the second quarter. And we 
my brain is listening to albums that are coming out in May and it's like, hey, what? What's going on? I know, it's kind of, uh, I said 5th of May, now. I think I could probably be listening to albums coming out 5th of May until Christmas this year and not listen to anything else. There's that many. But I'll stop moaning about it because there's a lot of good stuff. But um, yeah, so April, and I think I'm going to still the, stick to the format we, we sort of tried last time around of just picking up two albums a, a week uh, throughout April that really kind of caught my eye. Um, and then we'll do a little round wrap up at the end to uh, to catch all the, some of the bigger names or some of those that um, other people might be interested in that I, I personally haven't highlighted. Um, but so next week, um, 7th of April, um, the first one I'll kind of draw attention to is Tribulation um, with their Hamartia EP on Century Media. Um, first EP since Jonathan Horton um, departed from the band. Um, first new music from the band since then and a Blue Oyster Cult cover. Um, so I'm looking forward to hearing that. I've always, um, since Children of the Night, been very interested in integrating. They're a great band. You know, they don't they don't tend to miss the mark. So I'm really keen to hear where they go with this and what they do. The vibes I'm picking up in the first single, positive, which is good. Um, it seems like it's going to, it seems like a seamless transition and evolution. So we'll see what the full release um, full release brings. And the other one um, for me um, next week, the kind of um, perhaps a little bit outside my usual usual bag, a band called Healthy Living, um, all lowercase, I believe. I think this is important these days. Everyone wants to be all lowercase or all capitals. No one does normal punctuation for songs or band names anymore. Um, but their album's called Songs of Abundance, Psalms of Grief. Um, and a label I've not come across before, La Rubia Productiones. Um, it's kind of like um, an interesting stoner grunge um kind of noise rock influence in there as well um but yeah um i've heard a couple of tracks i've heard of it interesting different definitely kind of um in that more mainstream alternative space but with a, some kind of darkness and doominess to them kind of dirt, dirty fuzz behind um the singles anyway so um coming to the second week of april i kind of mentioned 14th of april we talked briefly about a band that's releasing um, an album that week. So um, both Keith and myself were big thrash fans and some of the first bands we got into were huge in the hugely influential in the world of thrash and kind of um, set the tone for a lot of our listening, I think, in our younger days. And they're definitely um, were, were huge, I guess, gateway band for myself in terms of opening up the door to, to thrash and, and other bands of that ilk. So 14th of April's new Overkill album um called scorched on nuclear blast um they've been on a fantastic run for me i think since Simon nuclear blast and we've had ironbound electric age white devil armor in particular last couple still grinding wheel and the one i can never get the name of right wings of war i believe wages of war something like that uh the album's really good i just can't remember the title properly so this will be um hoping to make it six six in a row this late in their career if they can pull off this will be that'll be something but always interested in new music from Overkill. So I think um, if they do the first five, first six, and the, the last six will be, you know, to be into a band and to like 12, 13, 14 albums they've done is quite ridiculous, really. Um, and we'll leave that other big thrash band to maybe catch later on, because the other album from 14th April I want to highlight is a band called, and apologies for the pronunciation, I think it's Nerdheim's Guard. It might be Dodheim's Guard, or it may be something completely different um but they're a avant-garde black metal band um well post black metal adjacent whatever you want to call it it's quite experimental progressive they just do their own thing um to be fair this um they, so you may have heard of them 
from I think around 2000, 2001, released an album called 666 International, which was at the time quite mind-blowing. It sort of took stuff that evolved from second wave black metal, like Arcturus, like where Olva were going, um, that black metal plus kind of stuff, and then just took all the silliness out of it and just went really kind of experimental. Lots of, I guess, electronical, electronical, electronics and um non-black metal music in there but this big kind of thing so that was 666 international back then and they're this they're back again uh second album since kind of re kind of invigorating themselves and this is the band that um oh i always forget how to say um matt, matt from great pleasures and beast milk was in back in the, the late 90s early 2000s their cast their their band member list is, is ridiculous you know members from dead boy's end from emperor from name pretty much any influential progressive band of the late 90s and 2000s at some point they'll have been in Dudheim's guard um the main person is the guitarist from dead boy's end who's written in waters is one of the most influential incredible odd albums i've ever got into um and one of my favorite album covers ever but that's, that's inside um so I may have rambled, I'll probably have to not talk about God Homeside's albums next time around because I've listened to it quite a lot. <laughs> I've kind of talked you through what I think about it here. But that's that's one to, to definitely watch out. Well, you need to set aside a good hour plus to listen to it, though. It's not a short album. Um, so I'll go through a bit quicker. Um, the second half of the month, um, stick with Black Metal, though. There's a band called Argent Thorns who are new to me, to be honest. An album called The Ravening um, on Avant Garde. It's kind of like a symphonic, fun, raging black metal, like Balsagoth meets Dimmuborg here, but plus, like with a firework up their ass kind of thing. You know, back in the Death Cult Armageddon days, rather than perhaps where they've, they've gone a little bit more today. But yeah, Argent Thorns is really, really good fun. Um, bombastic sort of black metal album and same week 21st of april we've got the fourth album from saint pierre snake invasion um album called galore on church road and it's sort of like um a bit punky bit alternative bit stonery i think there's a big in utero um nirvana influence in there as well and that's a really really strong single um off the album i'm hoping the rest of the album lives up to where it where it's going. I don't think it's a particularly straightforward band. They kind of have history of doing some weird and odd things with their songs, but good. I'm all for that. And then finish up the month. Again, it was actually, having said April's a quiet month, I've wrapped it through about how many albums already. And at the end of the month, we bring, I've got three that I want to highlight, 28th of April, that kind of um, stand out. One's um, a little bit biased on this one, local band to, to myself um, called Existentialist. Um, on Seek and Strike, kind of a symphonic black, uh, symphonic black and death metal band. Um, but they sort of came to prominence last year when they won uh, Battle of the Bands to get on, um, Melt the Masses, sorry, to get on Bloodstock and, and absolutely smashed their, um, took their opportunity with both hands and they've been picked up by Seek and Strike. So it's, yeah, it's kind of behemoth um, meets Dimmu Borgir, but with a contemporary technical death metal undertone to it as well. So. Keep, keep an eye out for existentialist. Um, well, having said that, the, the new album might be completely different, I doubt it. But that was kind of the vibes that was being picked up on um, in the, the advanced track from the last year. Um, and two other that I haven't checked out yet. Um, so looking forward to hearing the new Chrome Waves album. Um, mentioned members of uh, Abigail Williams, Matt Mystery and Wolf Hammer, uh, kind of a post 
black metal adjacent kind of thing, but I think less of the black metal, more of the blackened and weird stuff, as far as I can tell. And Fires in the Distance, I think this is the, the sort of the flagship release for prosthetic um, this month. Um, melodic kind of doomy death, um, quite epic by all accounts. But again, I haven't heard just the descriptions and the general buzz that's out there. It seems to be one that's worth keeping an ear out. I think their first, their previous release was was rather good, but all accounts seem to be this is a step up in one, one to kind of pick up on this month. So there you go. Talked a lot. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's quite great. And uh, there's definitely some overlap there, especially uh, Chrome Waves that just got announced. I'm extremely hyped for that release as well. Uh, I think we did a premiere for them a while back, a couple of years ago, uh, as well as Fires in the Distance. A lot of hype there, and and there's probably smoke where there's fire for that band, so I am excited for that. Let's see what my list for April brings. Um, some surprises, some non-surprises, and then we'll save the 800-pound uh, gorilla for the end. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about The Crooked Whispers, Funeral Blues, coming out on Ripple Music, the exceptional Ripple Music. Again, a lot of, again, this, I think this second half of the year is going to be replete with Stoner Doom albums. Um, Paul Gilbert is doing a musical tribute to Ronnie James Dio, Paul Gilbert, the Dio album coming out on Music Theories and Mascot Label Group. I interviewed Paul about this record, so I have spent a lot of time listening to it. It is marvelous if you love Ronnie James Dio. All eras, all, all bands, you want this record. Imagine Paul Gilbert, the shred master, also of Mr. Big and other bands, playing literally like he played the whole album except the drums. He played every instrument and basically did Dio's vocals on lead guitar. So just chef's kiss. Uh, Raider, kind of heavy metal, thrash metal band from Canada, Trial by Chaos, self-release coming out, uh, self-release album. That's a good one. I don't know that that's, we're covering it, but uh, it's quite a, it's quite good. Uh, another probably another early month release on prosthetic is Sunrot, who I know from the East Coast, where I'm from, and The Unfailing Rope is their new album. Brutal, experimental. If you like Bismuth, if you like Vile Creature, Sunrot would be like the next band in that chain of subgenre of a subgenre of extreme blackened doom sludge metal. Uh, also for fans of Primitive Man. Week two, 1782, another Doom one, Heavy heavy Psych Sounds. Always excited for their new releases. Black Orchid Empire on Season of Mist. Very looking forward to that one. Also, Jesus Peace. I'm hoping there's like a little part of me that hopes that all the praise and public, public adulation that Turnstile is getting bleeds into Jesus Peace, who are a related band. Probably not because Jesus Peace is more straight up hardcore metal and Turnstile is very palpable for the masses being genre blending funsters, but uh, on Taco Bell commercials in America and things like that, their music. But Jesus Peace, so unknown, killer band, be nice for them to get some some residual over spillage. Some little band you may have never heard of called Metallica, been around for, I don't know, 43 years, 42 years, Bay Area thrash. Very new album, heavy metal so far from what we've heard. Very excited for the new Metallica. Again, I know what 60-year-old Metallica should sound like. They're not going to reinvent the wheel. They're not going to break any ground. They're just going to put out a competent, good record so they can go tour for the next few years. And uh, I'll, I'll take another if it's like hardwired or re related. 
you mentioned the overkill. Very excited about that. We have an interview coming up on the channel with overkill. Couple for the third week of the month, bird flesh for some extreme metal uh, on everlasting spew. Uh, this is a Richard Benton special for sure. Right up, you know, just complex, uncomfortable, amazing. Uh, Dorothea Cottrell from Windhand has a solo record coming out that I'm very excited about. Deathful Country. I just saw Windhand in a tiny room at that festival with like 110 people. Uh, so it was very intimate. I'd love to hear her get even more intimate on these solo records that are kind of like a doom folk of uh, Americana. Um, you mentioned Great Pleasures. I think you were alluding to their record, sort of, even though you didn't name the, name the record. Plague Boys is coming out on Century Media. Portrayal of Guilt is a band everybody is going to be talking about. Another release from them, another year. They keep putting out these sequential releases or splits. And then uh, I'll also shout out These Beasts on Magnetic Eye, another kind of stoner rock, psych rock band. And then I think, again, you mentioned Chrome Waves. So I will just mention for the last month of the year, Enforced on Century Media, Thrash Heavy Metal, and Danava, one of the best stoner rock psychedelic bands to ever do it. They are on TP Records with nothing, but nothing. Again, I, I haven't really consulted the chart for the coming month. I'm not sure if we're covering all of those or some of those, probably some, not all, but those are the ones I'm particularly hype about and uh, very excited about. Um, I don't know if you want to, since we did the album of the month for March and we're not going to do one yet for April. till we've had the month, but do you want to go back and revisit January and February before we uh, say our farewell? Yeah, that's cool. Um, I'm, I'm going to quickly call out, just name check a couple of other releases through April and then, while we get our heads in, in, into backtracking on Jan and Feb. But yeah, the other ones I had, so you, you mentioned Great Pleasures. They're on my big bands to catch in the in the roundup, along with Enter Shikari, who have a new album out um, towards the end of the month. I think um, doing it in reverse, so towards the end of the month, yeah, Shikari, Great Pleasures, Spotlights, um, Alchemy for the Dead on Epicac coming out, Cradle of Filth with a live album, and having watched some of the live streams they did um, during COVID. And to be fair, I mean, you know, full disclosure, I've been seeing Cradle live since before they were, they, well, I was still in nappies. Um, <laughs> so the, they're always, always been really good live. This current iteration of Vice, so I'm expecting the, the live album to be um, sonically spot on. And if you like Cradle, you love it. I'm sure if you don't like Cradle, this move on. There's plenty of other stuff for you. Uh, wallowing, um, about some of the black and sludgy kind of doom psych albums that, that come out. Wallowing um, have theirs towards the end of the month. Mother of Graves, doom of death metal band, got a reissue, vinyl issue um, of their fantastic, um, fantastic album from last year. Um, Void Ceremony, something in the middle of the month that's kind of uh, impenetrable, usually. They're going by what they've done before, just Richard Benton metal kind of, you know, stuff that no one with any sane mind would like, but is generally usually fantastic. Um, and also quickly mention um, a couple of EPs, first week of April, Scowl, kind of hardcore punk, um, and then Atreyu with the, um, the next sort of, uh, I don't know, next release in their kind of return to, to existence or life and, you know, and so on and uh, keeping their momentum going. And then there's an interesting... I haven't heard it yet either. Uh, Three-way dance to coin, coin some old extreme championship wrestling lingo. Um, EP between uh, Fit for an Autopsy, They Artist Murder and Malevolence who have 
I think it's called the aggression session. So a couple of tracks each uh, to, to round out April. So it's me saying it's a quiet a month and it's just jam packed full of stuff to come check out. But so yeah, so they're kind of um I think yeah, looking that takes us through all the stuff to look forward to for April. I like your point, as we've as we've crowned Enslaved as our album of the month for March, if we if we work backwards, I think it'd be hard push for me to champion anything other than Insomnium um for February. I'm still listening to that album a lot. Um, as we said at the time, it's kind of everything they've done before, but with a little bit of an extra um, breadth to it, depth to it. The concept album approach really seems to have worked for them. And um, that's on my current album of the year, because I've learned over the years to keep a running track as the year goes on, because you wait till November, it's never going um, to happen. Uh, sitting number one in my album of the year list so far. So I'll go for Insomnia and Four Febs. I have to have a little think about it, Jan. I might hand that over. Pass the uh, tennis ball back over the net to you for that one. <laughs> it's a good idea to unmute yourself when you're ready to talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, anywho, uh, yeah, I I second that February, you know, pick. I would say if there was a runner-up, I might pick Siege of Power or Big Brave for February. Those records stayed with me quite a bit into March. I know Big Brave is not for everyone. Siege of Power is kind of like a death metal super group. I know Big Brave is not for everyone, but I just particularly love, to my roots, I love the weirder the better, and they're always so weird. And uh, for January, it's hard. There's, um, you know, there was kind of not a tremendous amount of releases. I would would personally, the record I enjoyed the most that stayed with me is Black Star Writers, which I gushed on about in February. And uh, also anti-flag, just because it's anti-flag. They put it out the first week of the month with no pretense. Tremendous guest appearances by Killswitch Engage and Rise Against Singers. And, you know, kind of the message we need right now, which is not to lay down and stay down in the face of oppression, which I really, you know, the, the older I get, the more it stays with me. Um, I'm probably missing something from January, but again, it was already January and now we're in April. So I can't remember what I ate for dinner yesterday or what I wore to that concert last night. Um, it could have been this shirt. I don't know. I, I woke up a little while ago. So anyway, um, I'm not sure. I just don't know. It all, all the days um, blur I'm together. To crown, so I'm happy to crown uh, uh, English pronunciation, anti-flag, uh, but anti-flag as, your, <laughs> as, our, as our January. I think that's probably one we both agree on the most that isn't the same as disagreeing on the other. Never names. Um, Actually, it's funny that you said that because there's a new band, not new, but a band that recently came on my radar that got added to download, which is like a Wyoming heavy metal band called Anti-Saint. And they specifically say Anti-Saint. And I was like, not anti-saint, but anti-saint. So thank you for uh, calling that out. Yeah, I I always (laughs) try to be respectful of our massive staff of writers from the UK and yourself. And leave your spellings and pronunciations as they're meant to be in reviews. And, uh, but also at the same time, Americans are like, what? Huh? Why do you have all these spelling errors? They're not spelling errors, guy. They're colloquialisms to the UK. To be fair, yeah. I tend to use uh, whichever the language of the writer we say. So some of them have C O L O U R, some of them have C O L O R. It's fine. Just what we yeah, so it here. doesn't matter. Yeah, it just really yeah. doesn't matter. Or, you know, any. Any place where there should be a Z or a Z and it's an S, I'm fine with it. It's okay. We are Americans. 
is the bastard language of the whole world. And we just you know, I, I, like like our music, we stole everything. Yeah, so I have succumbed though. Uh just so everyone knows our mass our massive mega spreadsheet is in American date format. <laughs> as much as it pains me to do. Thank you for that, because I would never I would miss so much if it wasn't. So thank you for your sacrifice and uh, your service. Thanks to the writers of Ghost Cult for another stellar month. Um, I think we're up, we're up to like uh, two, almost two, oh, at least over 200 releases for the year, maybe 150 at least. I'm not sure. Yeah, we've caught 150. So, so, it's the end of April with so yeah, yeah. yeah if, if we had 600 something last year, we're going to have like 800, 900 this year. Uh, terrifying, but it's possible yeah yeah anywho yeah yeah at least 200 by the end of april yeah wild uh but in that case on that good note thanks we pat ourselves on the back on the way out the door steve always a pleasure cheers to you sir oh is that a motorhead glass i love it and um cheers uh it's too early in the day for a beer for me but later on for sure several and uh, just once again, thanks for everybody. If you've listened this far, you must be a real one. Thanks for supporting us. We appreciate any review or like on a podcast network where you enjoy this podcast. I am Keefe from ghostcultmag.com. I am joined as always by my dear friend and co-host here, Steve, on these Steve and Keefe Power Hours. Be well, my friend. Metal up, horns up, and we'll see you next month. To quote the legendary Mr. Hetfield, see ya. This has been another episode of the Ghost Cult Magazine Podcast. Check us out at ghostcultmag.com and follow our socials at ghostcultmag. Until the next time, peace.